today we'll be talking about 90 Day Fiance, Season 9, Episode 17, To Have and To Scold. Coming to a close, feels like it's been a really long time. I guess you're right. Earlier you mentioned that pretty much everyone gets married. And you're right on point. I mean, everyone does get married. Oh, yeah. There, there were no crazy rocky relationships like where you thought that they wouldn't get married. We hoped, though. Even the one couple where they sort of tried to create drama, whether they were to marry or not to marry, like we kind of saw through like this is all just bullshit. Oh, yes. Like they're yes. definitely going to get married. And we're talking about Thais and Patrick. Fully agree. Yeah, you're spot on. Let's start with Jabri and Miona. It was their wedding day. I really liked her decor. I thought it was really nice. Kind of, I don't know, bringing the desert inside, if you will, was very cute. Do you think this was really better than getting married in South Dakota, though? I don't think so, because they're they're in California, but they're in the desert. It wasn't even her beach wedding. But also, would it have been a stretch to... I mean, I'm sure it's a little bit, a lot more expensive to somewhere in Cali get an Airbnb on the coast. Like, anywhere on the Cali line. Anywhere. Probably more expensive, but I don't know how much more. I feel like Joshua Tree is so in demand right now that really would it be that right. much more? Because even if you sacrifice, like, not even anywhere near LA, I mean, just any small town on Cali on the coast, just get an yeah. Airbnb. And hopefully they have a little... Essentially, what they had at Joshua Tree was a, a, a pallet of wood. I mean, <laughs> if you have a little setup with a view, now you're looking at the ocean as you're getting married. Pretty cute. But comparing it to South Dakota... I mean, I know there's like a couple mountains in the background, kind of-ish. I just feel like we could have had a nice view somewhere. There has to be something, right? Yeah, did you notice there was so much focus on, I mean, I know this is a thing for a lot of weddings, but we know that they're very much into the gram and sort of you oh, know, yes. showing themselves to people. A lot of this episode was just like pictures this, picture that, placement, Miona doing the awkward photos where her lips aren't closed and like posing. I thought they looked good. I thought they looked pretty fresh. Jabri's pants weren't ripping, so he got a little one size bigger. That was good. I was surprised that David wasn't attending the wedding. But that makes sense. If him and Miona really do clash that bad, why would she want him at the wedding? And David wanted Jabri to leave Miona, essentially. So I guess, yeah, don't have that person at your wedding. <laughs> Igor came in clutch, though. So Jabri, they have a, he has a buddy in California, who I guess they're both fairly close to, who was, I guess, asked by them, I don't know how this all happened, but asked by them to pick up an altar, essentially. Now, mind you, this altar is somewhere in LA. What do you think of the altar, the arch, if you will? I think it was a lot of nothing. It was literally like two sticks and then a base (laughs) to hold them up. That was it. It was like a 45 degree angle. On it, two two-by-fours. It was not worth a three-hour drive from L.A. Jabri no. could have made this, and they could have brought it in Dad's truck. Jabri could have made it by the supplies around them. Probably. In Joshua Tree. I feel like the guy with the vintage truck probably has a couple two-by-fours laying around. They also made a big deal about Igor being late, and but then we find out they have no guests. I'm like, I know you're battling sunlight, but... Who cares if he's late? Exactly. No reason. Doesn't matter. As long as you have sunlight, it's fine. And you could tell Golden Hour, which is primo for pictures, was at the end of their I do's. So it worked out perfectly. Also, they tried to sell a storyline of Miona being a bridezilla. She's going to be pissed. You don't want to see her pissed on her wedding day. 
She was totally fine. Yeah, she looked real cool, calm, and collected. Actually, I think she was. I think inside she was feeling it, but she's like, I don't want to. Exactly. I don't want to do that. It's my wedding day. I want to just just chill and have a good time and enjoy our, you know enjoy ourselves. So I think she did an amazing job. I guess because they kind of warned us what it could have been like. Also, inside isn't the worst alternative. She did make it really cute. Yeah, it looked it looked really good in there. That whole plating setup that they had going on that table. Uh, it looked really good. You said something that cracked me up, and I had to note it. We were both freaking out that Jabri was giving himself a lineup with just the straight edge razor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you said it was a perfect representation of who he is as a person. No handle. Just as an example, we see uh, Bilal just moments ago. He has an Andis T outliner. Now, anyone who cuts their own hair or goes to the barbershop, it's, it's, a, it's a tool that barbers use, very popular, but looks kind of pro. He's doing his, doing his little lineup. Okay, totally normal. Then we cut to Jabri, and the dude's got just the blade, just the straight edge of a razor. Like, oh my God, dude, there's no handle, no safety guard, no nothing. I'm like, fuck, man, Jabri, this is who you are. Yeah, no safety guard, no safety net. This is who you are. You just go full steam ahead. Could have ended badly. (sighs) I mean, it could have been a cut. It was just a lot. Thinking back to when Miona was trying on dresses in Chicago, I realized that was all set up and not at all one of the dresses she was going to choose. There's no way she accidentally found this dress by a Russian designer and got it sent over in time for the wedding. She made it seem like I ordered this a week ago. It was like Emily with the history. Oh, I just accidentally... Opened up an iPad and and the history was there. You know, when you plug it in, it just auto brings up your history. Yeah, I'm always weird why people don't just say, yeah, I wasn't feeling that dress. I found a dress from a designer I really liked and I ordered it. The first look was cute. Jabri sages the path and themselves. And then he reveals his new country song for Miona. Who knew she was in the country? I thought the song was actually pretty all right. It was all right. It was definitely an ad for the single being dropped. I bet you can get it now. Oh, nice. Yeah. Nice. That's a good combo there. Maybe I should just poke at their Instagrams and be like single available everywhere. Dropped. <laughs> I really liked Miona's vows. It was about the universe and how they found each other. And I thought that was really sweet. I actually felt some type of way when Miona was talking. Like it felt yes. like a lot of love it was coming real. out of those vows. It was really special. Thought it was really nice. Yeah, you said then fucking Jabri starts talking. Yeah. Incredibly performative. Why? He, maybe on accident, maybe on purpose, quoted maybe his favorite movie. Yeah, you're more than meets the eye. Okay, (laughs) shout out Transformers. But he also tried to like rhyme in parts of it. Like, why don't you just tell this woman like why you love her so much and just stop being so weird about it. She seemed so smitten by it, too, and I hated it. Hers were so much better. The vintage truck arrives, they get more photos, and they ride off into the sunset. I wonder how this neighbor found them. Like, obviously, he sees, like, a big camera crew, and he's like, what the hell are you guys doing? Like, oh, we're, we're recording a wedding. I'm like, what? I got a sweet fucking truck. You want to add it to the Do wedding? Do you think that really happened? I almost feel like, eh. I think, honestly... Out in the desert, your neighbors, it might, you know, shit, it might happen. Okay. okay. There, there's not yeah. much going on. You see a big ass camera crew, you're like, what the hell is this? That's true. That's true. We pick up right where we left off with Patrick and Thais talking to her dad. He is not happy. He's fucking intense. He is intense. They explain that there's no right place to find love. 
Dad says, I hope that you prove me wrong. He also ends the conversation with, we'll talk more later, man to man, eye to eye. You could tell during this conversation there was a moment where Patrick could have crumbled and accepted the, well, yeah, you know, you're right. Maybe this isn't isn't right for us. But there's like a little bit of a delay. And then he finally responds back of like, I love your daughter. I'm going to take care of her. I want you to trust me more. Although then he says something like, I didn't get his blessing, but I got this. I'm like, no, you like, he doesn't trust you. Like, no, but he did get a, well, I guess if you're going to do it, you're going to do it. During the episode, you said you would leave me if my dad said this to you. <laughs> oh, man to man, eye to eye. Fuck, that dude was serious. I'm like, I can't I do this. It. I'm like, I'm scared. I can't. <laughs> Thais thanks Patrick for being understanding and polite. And I did think Patrick did a really good job. He didn't escalate anything. He kept it very civil. He didn't try to prove anything. It was really good. After the call, Thais says, It wasn't only about getting my dad's blessing. What was this whole ass season about? It was about getting your dad's blessing and dealing with Patrick's controllingness. Well, the first half of the season was, I'll just tell him after we're married. Well, And Patrick was like, hell no. Yeah. Hell no, I'm not doing that. Your dad already hates me if I don't tell him until after I'm, I'm done for life. It would have been way worse. With how unsure Thais was about the wedding and about marrying Patrick, they sure really planned this wedding. They hired a wedding planner. They got a beautiful venue. They had every little detail set up. Okay, you know what the show did that was smart? They're trying to paint this storyline of like, will they get married, won't they? But look at how they impacted how we saw them on screen. We could have had moments of like this beautiful moments of this couple doing dance lessons planning their wedding together, like going through these processes. But instead, they basically omitted all of these mm-hmm. scenes. If they if they captured them, I am, I'm guessing they did. They just said, oh, let's just cut that out and make it seem like they might not get married. In this episode, I don't even know what the hell they're doing with Aiz during interviews because clearly they're going to get married no fucking matter what. Yeah, like you said, there's a wedding planner. There's dance lessons. Obviously, they got their outfits. I mean... It, they invited people. It was, an, yes, it was a venue. Yes. Like there was a lot going on. This is definitely going to happen. Now, because they hit it, you almost kind of think of like, are they just going to kind of like have like a tiny ceremony and just kind of like elope? Like what's. That's totally what they insinuated by saying they weren't sure all season. And then, I mean, up until what, the day before? Day of, she's still saying, I'm not sure, but <laughs> everything is taken care of. Also, the hair and makeup looked great. Patrick picked a good one since that was a whole storyline in itself. Yeah, and then you realize that you're at an estate for the <laughs> yes. wedding. You don't book a spot like that like the week before. Like no. they've had this book for a long time. You bring up a really good point. I hate that we didn't get to see any of the loving things they did. I mean that fucking out- that fucking dance. The dance. I would <laughs> love to have meet the choreographer. Probably a personality. Could have been a little side character on the show. Yes. Yeah, I missed out on all that. Like, they could have been the sweetheart couple this season, if you think about it. But no, we had to do this storyline. In a way, it would have been the sweetheart couple going against the evil father figure, right? That would have been the storyline. That also kind of seems... Meh. 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 The friends were clearly given cliff notes of the storyline as well. They hit the points they needed to hit. I wouldn't get married if my dad didn't support it. Got it. Thank you. Goodbye. I'd be like, you can leave now. Yeah, this isn't helping. Because I'm getting married. 
It was really sad to see her get upset not being able to have any family there. This is kind of the story we see with everyone coming here on a visa. You can't travel back. You can't have family join you. And so it's really sad to see kind of it hit everyone differently on their wedding day. If I don't count the people that have basically already been spiritually married or mm-hmm. I imagine Patrick and Thais would be the couple to get married at the other person's oh, yeah. country. I fully agree. I could totally see them actually going through with another wedding. And I want to see it. I think it'll be sweet. They're not on Happily Ever After, right? No. Honestly, they could have asked them. They're like, we're fucking done with this shit. Controversial opinion. Hmm. I would have loved to see Kobe and Emily on it. Emily's annoying as hell. hell yeah. But the storyline is solid. Hell yeah. Oh my god, that would have been gold. And they're not on it? No. That would have been gold. Yeah, I want it to pick up right where we left off. Show me the pregnancy. Show me how dad's doing. Really, that's what I want to know. Uh, interview, all the family, deep cuts. This would have been a hitter. It would have been a hit. I've never seen so many tracksuits at a wedding. I don't care if it's Gucci. It's tacky. I didn't even know if the officiant was, like, ordained. Like, this dude was literally in a jumpsuit. And sunglasses. And so were people in the audience. And it was weird. Put on a suit. You just made their picture so awkward. They're like, everyone's dressed fancy and he's like, jumpsuit. Yeah. Like, I understand it's an expensive one, but that doesn't, that doesn't make it better, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Also, he didn't get out of the way for their first kiss. And that's like, rule it's one. Move. It's a bad move. His buddies look like, they're almost like side characters in the Hangover movies. <laughs> or like, they would be like the villains. Yeah. Then we have a little interview with John. While he doesn't seem to have a lot of hope. He was tearing up and expressing his love for his brother. Yeah, their childhood must have been intense. I I wondered, God, they just must have just had little to no connection growing up. And kind of them going through this process of living together, reconnecting, like getting to see his brother's wedding. Uh, It was special. I like like John, man. I do like John. God, I like John. I, I don't know if people give him shit, but I like him. Then we see Bilal doing his own lineup, which we already touched on. Had the tools, was doing his son's hair. It looked fine. Oh, shout out to Bilal. Even his son's hair looked pretty okay. Yeah. Pretty okay. I mean, hey, dad mode. Gotta get the clippers out. Boom. I felt like the wedding setup was so bright. Like, we did the whitest white blinding. For me. you. What I if, think a lot of people like that, but for me, it was just... It was real bright. Real bright. Bilal's storyline was all like how he carries himself, suits, nice house, business, yada, yada. What did you think about him having the wedding at his home? A couple of things. So COVID time, it might have been hard to get a venue. Maybe maybe there were limitations on how many people you could even have in a venue. So I'm thinking it was probably because of that. I'm sure another big part of that was to save money. You don't got to pay for a venue. You don't got to worry about venue rules such as the cake cutting or catering. This felt very anticlimactic that... At the end of this whole prenup talk and weeks and weeks and weeks of only talking about the prenup with them, the finale was a voiceover while she was getting ready of, Bilal put everything in the prenup. We signed yesterday. Yeah, that was it. That was it. We didn't get to see anything. We didn't get to see her reviewing it. So does that tell you that a lot of these couples are just normal couples? They don't have that many issues to like even plot as storylines? I think so. I think they are pretty normal and they follow the script. They say what they're supposed to say. They probably get asked leading questions. It gets chopped up and that's the storyline. 
They did look beautiful. All the guests looked beautiful. It was a great wedding. They had a really good setup with... I did enjoy... Um, it was set up very well. Shida's sisters, like, kind of going down the stairs. Yeah. And then the daughter. Bilal, Bilal's daughter goes down the stairs. She, she reads a prayer, which was, was almost like a song. Mm-hmm. It, it sounded really, really yeah, nice. Yeah, she did great. It sounded really nice. Did great. And then she was like, and I'm out of here. They made me do this. <laughs> I'm gonna go she s- did just kind of slink I'm away. I'm going to go sit down now. <laughs> that, that was really good. And then, obviously, you're revealing the bride. Her outfit was, like... So beautiful. It was, like... The headpiece. The sister did a great job. Yeah, it was it was really nice. I talked a lot of shit saying never ever have a family member responsible for this, but she did do a great job. This sister, besides the prank, like she's really going above and beyond. Yeah, she did their whole wedding. Traveling, helping Bilal get things ready before she got there, Mm -hmm. helping with the wedding, like decorations, making a dress. Then she has to go get changed, like because she was in like work mode. To help, like, transform this house. After the ceremony, Bilal has a gift for Shida. A gift that his father has given to his mother. A beautiful bracelet that was inscribed. And my question is... You're foul for this. No, I'm not. (laughs) Did he give this to his first two wives? And then have to get it back after the separation? When you when you told me this while we were watching, I was like, you're fucked up for this. <laughs> no, I'm not. It's a valid question. Was this saved? Would, were they also presented this? I don't want that, if that's the case, by the way. That's bad, Juju. Get that out of here. Maybe the parent was like, hey, I didn't give you this the first few times. I should have. Uh, here, give this to your bride. Do you think this couple's going to have a kid? No, because I think he's had a vasectomy, and I'm sticking with that. Oh. A secret vasectomy. Oh. Not even secret, like 10 years ago. How old is the kid? Yeah, he looks like 10. Yeah, so right after he was born. Just my theory, I have no proof. I just think his reactions are a little Well, I would like to know if there's anything in the prenup if they don't. Yeah, does she get a lump sum? Like, what does she get? Again, we didn't get to get any details, so Mm. who knows. Bilal's sense of humor is just shit. It's just awful. At one point, he says, I'm not a quitter. So if this didn't work, it would be her giving up versus me giving up. Perfect energy to go into on your wedding day. I'm sure the rest of the evening went well. Cool. Okay, but if you're a piece of shit and your wife's like, yeah, I'm leaving. You're a fucking asshole. And then she gave up. Well, you're a quitter. You gave up. Yeah. Really? Or are you just a POS? At the end of the night, Bilal and Shida go around the corner to go poke. They go in their room, which was just around the wall, and then does everyone just hang out and party? I thought it was odd. Couldn't you just um say, hey, like, hey the, final the, call. The reception ends at 10. Like, time to go home. Thank you guys all for coming. Versus like, we're going to go now. <laughs> yeah. Walk into our master bedroom. Totally. Like, what, is, what does that mean? Are you poking with like your mom and all these friends <laughs> your sister in the house? And, yeah. That was just really strange. It was strange. I could have just done a really quick wrap up or say it's going to be like exactly what you said. It's done at a certain time. People would get the hint. Okay. I give Bilal a lot of shit, but he was the only groom to wear the little socks. With those shoes? Yes. You hate those. I hate those shoes. Well, yes, I hate the shoes and I don't like how the socks look, but I appreciate he actually wore socks. Versus just sweating in the shoe. Yeah, just Patrick when you wear socks. It is the morning of the wedding for Emily and Kobe, and Kobe slept at a hotel. 
I think this was on purpose. I just think they happened to get into a fight. But he was going to stay at the hotel anyway. What do you think about doing all of these sort of uh, traditional things like not seeing the bride before, not sleeping in the same space when you're, I mean, you have a child together. You're pretty deep into this relationship. It's not like you're this. But the first look isn't for. Sure. Not the first look, but the whole like we can't sleep in the same bed the night before. I'm like, I guess like that was just still weird to me. Like, why? It's just the tradition. But I, I guess, don't know. I guess he did have this space to like get ready with his uh, groomsmen or his friends. Mm-hmm. So that so that was helpful. But for a second there, I actually thought the wedding was going to be at the hotel. Yeah, and I, was, I was totally I was totally wrong. It was in like a warehouse. We'll get to that. We'll get to <laughs> I'm just that. Kidding. I'm just kidding. I was surprised to see Emily actually self reflecting. She felt remorse. She called and apologized. She says that she realizes that she jumps to conclusions and she'll try to be better about that. It was nice. It was not seen before. (laughs) That's right. Unexpected. As Emily's getting ready with her sister, her mom, and I think some friends, they have a mimosa. Yeah. I'm curious how she got this mimosa without champagne. I was because you know someone made it for her. In some shots, we kept replaying, and it was almost (laughs) like when you. Put a glass up to your lip, but like your lips are closed. So it's almost like nothing's actually going in. I'm like, did she have to just do that all the time? And eventually you're like, oh, lost my glass. It must be done now. That'd be a good play. I wonder what she was doing to sort of get out of drinking. You could have done a couple strategies. My wife would be like, hey, I drank too much the night before. I don't want to just, I don't want to drink. I just want to, I just want to cruise. But everyone at that dinner would go lies. Or I'm trying to lose weight. I don't want to drink the the excess calories. Like there's, there's a couple ways you could have attacked this. I don't know what she did. I feel like I would go the route she did do. The lips, I'm just like, yep. Exactly. The the liquid is on the lips and that's it. (laughs) Yep. I don't even, I'm not even going to give anyone an explanation. That way I'm technically not lying. Emily's getting ready, and she says, I know I haven't been the easiest on my parents. And boy, is that an understatement. We see more scenes of Kobe in his underwear. We also see temperature, which just continues to be chaotic with that smirk on his face. Temperature was temperaturing? Yeah, that's right. He's trying to heat things up. We see the sweetest moment between Kobe and Emily's dad. We find out that they would write letters to each other. I thought that was so sweet. There's something special about a handwritten letter. I don't know. When you get approval from the father of your bride-to-be, that is a special moment because you're never sure like how they're going to take you you know, as a, as a partner to their, their kiddo. Not, for him, it's a combination of a sign of relief. Uh, he's accepted. He's welcomed into the family. And then you just see a huge outpouring of emotion. Like I get it. I get where he's coming from. Dad tears up. He hands Kobe something in the palm of his hand. He says that's for you, Emily, and Coben. They had a beautiful embrace. The embrace was fantastic. But then we started theorizing, like, what it was. Like, you said it was a check. (laughs) That was my joke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, sure. And then, (laughs) Like, fold it up like origami. Like, Like, think about it super tiny. Has anyone revealed what it was? No, he said, Dad specifically said this is private. This is between you and me. And I'm like, well, it can't really be a ring because then you kind of like wear the ring. So it's not really private. I don't know. Is it like a key to something? Oh, that's a good one. Or is it like a, you have part of this now? That's what the symbolizes the thing? Mm. But it's small. I have no idea, but it's very small. I thought maybe it was like a pin. But like, again, like you'd wear that. So it's not like a secret. 
This makes Kobe feel even worse about the lies that he has to tell him. The show did a great job of making it look like he was going to reveal it. I know. I got to tell you something. I was like, no, no, not now. And thankfully, he just said it was expressing gratitude. Well, you said something like, oh, my God, without Emily knowing? (laughs) And he actually mentions in his talking head, he's like, well, then I thought about Emily and then, you know, I'd like betray her trust. And then he, yeah, he just, you know, thank you, gratitude. My whole family says thank you. It's just incredible that you guys have accepted me, that kind of thing. And this is the first time that we saw anyone kind of on Emily's side acknowledge the fact that he gave up everything to come here and to make his family a unit. A side note, whoever did Emily's hair is not the business. No, that was thank real bad. You. That was bad. And no one touched there was her no, up. There was no... No, no sheen to her hair. No, like, <laughs> pizzazz. No, like, wow, you're getting married. It was like, your hair's dry as fuck. And it like, looks better in her hanging out like, hair. Like, you combed it, then it was windy, now your hair's fucked up, and you walked into the building. Like, that's what the hair was. Yeah. Where's the sheen? There's no shine. Oh, my God. <laughs> Where is that? It was, it was, like, dry. Was it dry? It was dry, but also, it was not done because of the wind and just in transport. Like, all the curls fell out. It just sucks that no one, like, had hairspray handy or helped her out. They just sent her down the aisle like that. I, my friends better fix my hair. <laughs> just saying. During the episode, you asked me if they got married in a garage. And I said maybe more of a bunker. Because the reception also looked underground. Oh, I did not notice that. There was no windows. Ooh. It, it must be like, an, it's an event space. It's an event space. In a bomb shelter, yes. In, yes. Okay. Controversial question. I'm asking it anyway. Was Emily drunk or just tired at the end of the night when they did that interview? Because those eyes were not, were not all there. I'm going to say tired just because of everything that goes into a wedding and all the schmoozing and thanking. I'm going to say tired. I talk a lot of shit about Emily. I don't see her being trashed. It's been a couple of days since the wedding. It is time. Oh, boy. Emily says that we should keep it a secret until they find out on their own. That's fucked up. That's so fucked up. Then we get a flashback to the birth control conversation and the promise she made to her father that they would not bring another kid into this home. Like, I'm pretty sure the dad legit asked her, like, are you taking your, like, pill again? And she said no. (laughs) But then she did promise to not have more kids in this house. This would be the last and only one. No, no, she said... We will not have a kid. And now she could keep this promise if they move out right before the kid is, you know, need to go to the hospital, childbirth. Because she says we're not going to have another kid in this house. Well, they are. So Well, they're probably still (laughs) with them. Yeah. Then they say it. And Emily reacts worse than I could have even imagined. It was infuriating. It It was so annoying. It's it's nervous laughter. It's nervousness, but her response is even, and the way she's speaking is so gross. It's almost like, well, one moment she's joking about it, and she's like, ha ha, because it's just like me, right? Like, you tell me not to do something, and I do it. Ha ha ha. I'm like, yeah, "Yeah, but this is like a child. This is not like... You fucking got arrested for, like, stealing a purse or some shit. Like, you stayed out past curfew. Like, you're fucking gonna have another kid. Like, this is a whole life commitment, girl. Honestly, man, the parents, man. Even though they get a grandkid, like, I feel bad for them because they're gonna have to put in so much more work, so much more time, uh, money into an, uh, something their daughter and their son-in-law chose to do is sort of, like, now on them. And part of me is just like, that's not fair. 
Dad said he had plans of retiring in a year and a half, and now that is not going to happen. He's probably saying, I have so much saved up, uh, done the math with my, with my partner, we have enough money to retire, uh, let's, hey, we're going to do this cruise, this trip, traveling. Well, you can't travel if you're sort of being relied on to babysit. Even to provide monetarily. Right. I mean, that could be your traveling money there is, is going to your grandkid. There was a tiny bit of self-reflection. I didn't write down who said this, but it was mom or dad. And they say, maybe we've been too easy on them. Oh, that was a dad for sure. That was the only time we've seen that. But they still don't admit that they kind of fucked Emily over. Well, not as far as they don't admit they don't admit their faults in raising Emily. It's always her and Kobe. As far as like being more independent? Yes, they've babied her. They've let her get away with everything. They let her run is, their house. Which is strange because in some ways they say like she walks all over us, but then she's also not independent. Like it's, it's, isn't that like a weird... It's not a good dynamic. The, the one part that stuck out to me was the parents are essentially grilling Emily and, and Kobe like, you guys, you know, we're hoping like you would find your own space. Like you would basically like support yourselves. Like you need to do this. And she almost like brushed it off. Like it's not even an option. Like I know dad, we know that, but it's almost like, no, like we're just going to be here. Yeah. Like, no, you, you can't do that. You but can't do he, that to your parents. He would never, ever, ever kick them out. Emily's sister says something that I wish she would say to Emily's face. She said, Emily takes advantage of my parents and everything they have here, and she doesn't realize the full effect of her actions sometimes. This translated to me that the parents have spoken to the daughter of how stressed they are financially, mentally. I think she just sees it. I hear you, but I have a feeling the parents would sort of confide in her as like a stress relieving, like, let me put this on you too. Like, I'm feeling some type of way. Yeah. And I can't believe they're not going to be on Happily Ever After because as much as I don't like Emily, I would like to see the story and where it goes. I have, a, you know, the internet is ruthless and it was probably a good decision because people would probably be going in on them. You're right. I can't see them signing on for another show. Yeah, I'm just, man, what a way to end a season. Just yeah, intense. I want them to be a success story, but it's going to be so hard. So do we have to wait for the tell-all to get spoilers? I'm guessing we do. Yeah, tell all next week. Man, they need to go in deep with the parents. Yeah. Like, all the questions. All right. We'll make this short and sweet. We went to the 90-day dinner. Hi. We met the son of this wealthy family who brought his bride over. I'll give you the highlights. One, he essentially is buying this woman. It was everything that he said just... It was weird. He talked about money a lot and all that he spent on her and all the things he's done for her. And it was weird. That had weird vibes anyway. Yeah, like in a love story, you don't really focus on that. You don't really list off everything you've done for them. It's a typical wealthy storyline. This 40-something-year-old man lives with his parents. He doesn't really have a job. He works for his dad. Then we get to know mom. Mom's intense. Uh, first of all, the dad wasn't even there. No, he knew that this was going to be a He's shit like, show. He's like, I'm not going to this fucking dinner. I can't stress enough how, if you've seen The Office, we have all seen Jan's dinner. That was significantly better than this dinner. We were about three hours in, still no food. Just, why? Give me something. I'm starving. It's dinner time. 
hated that. So I'm hangry. The rules of conversation when you don't know people. I mean, even if you do know people. You do not talk about money, politics, or religion. So this lady decided when Leon was going to get up and help clear the table that she was going to corner me with her friends and ask me about all three. When I was in the military, this is like the very first thing they tell you is like, just do not talk about these topics. People just get heated. People are way too divided. Just don't do it. I gave them a very diplomatic, respectful answer because I don't know their views and I'm not trying to offend anyone. I actually really care about offending people. I don't want to bother anyone. Like your views are yours and that's totally fine. She did not have the same respect for me when I was done giving a very generic answer to her very direct question. She looked me straight in the eye and said, no, what do you think of this? And I thought, okay, I can see what you're doing. You purposely want to put me on the spot in front of your friends. And so I say, I am not the demographic of person that I think should be answering this question. She pushes again. And so I decide, why am I respecting your opinions when you're not respecting mine or my space? I tell her exactly what I think of this certain topic. And she acted as if I grew a different head. It was complete shock. Just kept saying, are you serious? And then I said, I'm sorry, I think I'm giving you the wrong answers here. This is not what you're expecting. This is this is not a, you know, when you have a conversation, you're sort of, hey, you know, this, I believe in this, that. You're kind of bouncing things off each other, but like almost like in a in a cordial way of like, oh, okay. And this was like, does not, because I wasn't present at that moment in time. This seems like almost like it was one way and you needed to go my direction. Well, you got a taste of that. A little bit. You, she kept trying to get Leon to compliment her legs and it was fucking She's like, weird. Some, uh, Cause I was asking like, oh, like what's the love story between you and your husband? 50 years. That's incredible. And she was like something college class and he was too busy looking at my legs. What do you think of that, Leon? I'm like, um, <laughs> also trying to have a like, diplomatic like, response. I was like, what the fuck? In my head, I was like, what the fuck am I supposed to say to that? I'm like, I I, I don't even know what I said. I said something stupid because I couldn't think of anything. Exactly. Exactly. That's how I felt. I was you like, just yeah, I, I guess he was uh, distracted or something like that. I'm like, <laughs> I don't know what this lady wants me to say. It was just weird. She just kept cornering us and it was so uncomfortable. And even oh, her oh, friends not, at one point. You're not even talking about the slight, not slight racism. Oh, yeah. So there were a lot of sly comments from her son and her about the country this woman comes from. And just like little things that I keep trying to dismiss and be like, oh, maybe they don't realize how that sounds. They fucking know. By the end of the night and everything I experienced, they know exactly what they're doing. Why is this man marrying a woman from a country that he just thinks so low of? It's it's really weird. Also, there was a whole conversation around how their family tree is going to look weird now with this foreign last name. You know, it's not all going to be neat and how it's expected. And I said, oh, that's okay because that's how my family tree looks. You know, I'm biracial and, you know, yeah, I have these two last names that don't look like they would belong. And they ignored that. That was not what they wanted to hear. Like, honestly, I I wish we were going... uh, we can't even go that deep into no, detail. No, it would because, take an entire podcast. It was, like, it's been almost a week since this fucking dinner, and it still, like, impacts my daily life. We came home. We were in shock on the drive home. We barely talked. When we got home, Leon just laid on the couch and said, 
I think I need to take a shower. There's horrible energy attached to us. I need to get this dirty feeling off of me. No, I said something like, I need a fucking ice cream cone or something. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. We came home for five minutes, had that conversation and trying to decompress and realized we needed to go eat our feelings. So we went and got ice cream and tried to ignore it, played some video games. But it was just the wildest dinner that I ever been to. It's like, yeah, you need to calm down. Like, oh, yeah, that was a good line. I read online and I was like, stop. That's stop. that's the that's the best. OK. Oh, my God. OK, last <sighs> part. Last part. Yeah. You know, we're traumatized. We're at home. I decide I'm going to Google this woman's name. Let's just see what comes up. I find out that she is debarred in two states. Oh, she, she cannot she, practice law anymore. Yeah. She's been arrested for DUI. And the son also has a rap sheet. I'm just absolutely flabbergasted learning all of these things about this person that was just so righteous and I was wrong and they were right and what they say is gospel and reciting the amendments to me. Like, But little, little do you know that they've been arrested for DUI. Yep. Which you can kill somebody. Yes. It's a big fucking deal. So you're trying to be all righteous, but you're over there. You could possibly kill somebody with your vehicle. It doesn't matter. It she no no yeah anyway it ended significantly worse than i ever could have imagined i thought this was going to be like i thought at worst it was going to be them overcompensating and saying like oh these are i don't know like stereotypical things you know it was so much worse than that and yes we were the token friends which was awkward in in itself like i we will keep you updated on that relationship, but there is no way. There's absolutely no way that this lasts more than two years. There's no way. Absolutely not. The money is not worth it. The, this is a wealthy family. It's great. It presents opportunity. It is not worth it. The What I've experienced in those four hours at that house, you, I would you, not wish on anyone. You would basically have to live in a home where the folks you live with make fun of your people. Constantly. They have like, nothing else to talk about. Like, we're fighting. Yeah. Like, I, I'm only going to take so much because we got to fight. Yeah, I agree. I'm fighting a 70-year-old woman. I'm, I'm breaking fucking windows. <laughs> this is how the fucking domestic, like, police got to get called because, like, the lady I, broke I a snapped. window. Yeah. I snapped. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. I had to keep you guys updated because I told you how excited I was last episode. And, oh, boy, it turned out real different. But, uh I felt like I could have been on. I feel guilty because I was invited and I brought Ellie with me. <laughs> and then I just got the grunt of that. And who would have known that this is what would transpire? No, I was so jazzed to be there too. I was super excited. We brought a really nice bottle of wine and a beautiful cake and we tried also, to have so much fun. Also, I'm judging these uppity people. I bought them a bougie ass fucking bottle of wine and what comes as the fucking backup wine is some fucking twist off. <laughs> I'm fucking, I, I love Twist Off Wine, but I'm fucking judging you. For judging me on other Because things. you're so, yeah, exactly. Fuck you guys. Yeah. Thank you for letting us vent. It was wild. But we look forward to the tell-all. <laughs> yep. Look forward to the next episode. We'll be covering maths. Appreciate y'all. Yeah, we're going to go watch it right now. Bye, guys. Bye.